Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is May 13th, it's 2021, and we have five, six baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. We're going to be talking about the main slate that starts at 7 o'clock. We stick to the main slates most of the times, unless I'm feeling uh, freaky. But today we're going to be talking about the six-game main slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Jordan Cooper, Blenderhead. What's happening, my friend? Not much. I mean, if, you, if you guys tune in early, if you listen to this early enough, to the DFS pregame show, 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, maybe on that show, uh, I'll go through some builds for, for the early slate. There you go. Uh, best of both worlds. Um, company man. I like it. Um, well, I mean, what else am I doing? It's 11 o'clock in the morning. I, shouldn't I be building my own lineups for the, for the early slate? So I'll, I'll, I've done it before when I've done a show where literally I, I, the last half of the show will be me building my actual lineups. And like, this is what I'm putting in and this is how I did it. And there you go. And then most of the time I lose. <laughs> it's gpp what do you expect i mean just gotta have a couple good nights a year that's right people don't realize that when you play tournaments you just gotta have a couple really good nights a year um so we are presented by superdraft.com if you guys have not checked them out head on over there use promo code grinders um love what they're doing over there get a 50 dollars instant deposit bonus alongside the 50 percent deposit match um bonus up to five hundred dollars so on your first deposit of fifty dollars or more take advantage of that uh they have overlay it almost seems like every day you're not playing against teams with or guys or entries or people with over 150 teams um their big tournament like for this slate is a twenty dollar three hundred max, so you're not playing against teams rolling out, um, people rolling out 150 teams. So, love what they're doing over there on Super Draft. We will have a, I will have a Super Draft play of the day later on on the show, and um, we'll talk about that. But let's jump in. We get started here with Oakland at Boston. It's Sean Manaya going up against Garrett Richards. Um, yeah. Like, let's start. I guess it has an eight and a half total, and it's kind of a pick 'em game. Uh, do you have any interest here in Sean Maniam? Well, the Red Sox are horrible. I mean, they go from being great to horrible to great. It seems like they either score one run or 12 runs. Uh, on this slate, the pitching isn't, there's, it's not clear cut. There are options that I probably play over others, but uh, I'm not opposed to paying 8,800 for Manaya on the slate. It, it, it'll, he may be like the fourth highest owned pitcher, maybe. I don't know. I have to see the ownership. I mean, I'm not a big fan of taking him uh, against uh, the Red Sox lineup in Fenway. It's a ballpark downgrade. But uh, we only have six games to choose from, and half the pitchers uh, I don't want to take at all. So I'm going to have to look at Manaya somewhat. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a Red Sox fan. And it is, it's so, so fun to watch them be so good one day and so terrible the next. Um, but I mean, that's kind of what you're going to get from this team all season. I feel like um, when you look up and down this lineup, if they leave in Verdugo and they leave in Devers, I think it's a bump to Manaya. You're really just hoping that he pitches around JD Martinez and Xander Bogarts. Um, you know, Renfro's good against lefties as well, but. Overall, I think that this is not a terrible spot, um, but it's not like we have a ton of great pitching on this slate. We have some options, but you know, it's we're getting to the third or fourth guys in the rotation type of slates. Um, going to the other side, we got Garrett Richards. I mean, probably not. He's a twenty-two percent K guy against a team that does strike out a little bit, but. They walk a lot, and like that's always super concerning. Um, and Richards is eighty two hundred, right? He's eighty two hundred. If you told me it was sixty two hundred, be like, okay. Maybe I could take a shot. I think I'm more just in the A's bats with the ballpark upgrade. I mean, the stack isn't isn't cheap, but you got you got pieces on the bottom of the order to make it work. So I think I'm. It's not like Richards is going to be owned or anything. So like, if you want to play Richards at five percent ownership. Feel free to take a shot if you want. Can't blame you, but eighty two hundred that that price tag 
just uh, there are other pitchers that I, I mean, that I'll play that are cheaper than that, that I prefer to take a shot on than Richards against the A's. Yeah, I just, I can't do it. Um, You're a Red Sox fan. Come on, do it for the Red Sox. No. Um, If he was cheaper, You're also a money fan. You're also a fan of your own money, so probably that's... Yeah, I do. I I like making quality lineups, and I don't think making a lineup with Richards is a quality thing, so... Um, he just gives up so much hard contact. And when you look up and down the Oakland lineup, they have so many guys that hit the ball up in the air in Fenway. I, it's just not a recipe for success here for Richards. And like you said, I have, I have more interest in the Oakland bats. It's a ballpark upgrade. They're all under 5k outside of Chapman and he's 5,100. Like it's not going to be hard to make an Oakland stack with good pitching. Right. I mean, Matt Olson, you get the lefty matchup against 4,200. Piscotti batting seventh on the road. I don't mind that. 2,700. You know, cheap shortstop Andrews. It's not like he's great or anything, but he's 2,400 on DraftKings. I, th- I think you can make a four or five man stack. No problem. Sean Murphy, if he hits right in the middle of the order, you fill your catcher spot for 4,500. This isn't that bad. It's not like you're paying that much for pitching today. I mean, we got one 10K guy. I'm not even sure if he's worth 10K. But it's it's not like you're spending twenty two thousand pitcher. Most likely, you're going to be spending somewhere in like the the eighteen thousand range. So I think you you could easily play you know four top tier A's hitters and one of the cheap guys. And uh, and I'm not I'm not sure how long the A's are going to be on this slant. I mean, obviously, Coors is going to get all the ownership, but uh, but I would have no problem attacking uh, Garrett Richards. Uh, Boston side. I mean, I don't mind like JD as a one-off, but I don't think I'll stack Boston in this spot. No, I think it, the lefty one-offs, uh, the, the, the righty one-offs, uh, I don't mind Renfro if you need to just cheap power 2,900. Uh, I don't Marwin. Yeah. 3,800. I think he's way cheaper on FanDuel. I think they're more of a play there. Vasquez. I mean, really, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, it's, Hard to to what Gonzalez, Martinez, Bogarts, Vasquez, Redpro. I mean, I guess you could do it. It just, I don't see Minaya getting blown up. Maybe he gives up two home runs, find those two home runs, and then and then go from there. But I think five man, I I, I, I just don't see Minaya getting hit well enough that a five man stack like outperforms cores or some of these other spots on the slate. We move on. We got New York at. Tampa, it's Tyon against uh, Rich Hill. And I did see a line. It's eight and a half. Um, New York is a 130 favorite in this one. Um, any interest here in Tyon? It's hard to trust him. 7,700. I, I guess he's viable because getting a ballpark upgrade in Tampa, facing a raised team that strikes out a bunch. But it's not like Tyon really strikes out that many people to begin with. Uh, it's a you could take a shot at 7,700, but I wouldn't call him a high upside pitcher. It's not a Garrett Cole spot 2.0, that's for sure. Um, I, I think Tyon is – he's very interesting in this spot because he does struggle more with lefties, but he strikes out lefties at a higher clip, and they're going to they're gonna go lefty-righty. They're, that's just what Tampa does. Like, it would be righty-lefty, righty-lefty, righty-lefty throughout the lineup usually – um, I think Tyon's an interesting play. I think at 7,700, he's a guy that can get you 25 plus. So he, I definitely think he's in play for tournaments. You're probably not playing him in cash games. Um, but this is a ballpark upgrade for him too. Like he's going into Tampa in this spot. So, uh, Rich Hill on the other side of this game. I mean, it's a lefty against the Yankees and it's a, a lefty. That's not great. I think this is an easy pass for me on Rich Hill. Yeah, Rich Hill won't be owned if you want to play for the for the shot that uh, you know he doesn't get dinged up. But I, I'm I'm not in the business of playing lefties against the Yankees. But you have to admit, big ballpark, uh, Rich Hill. Uh, I mean, in his past, he's been a little like reverse splits in a way. Uh, more strikeouts, and the Yankees can strike out, but like the power, they they got Voight back. Uh, I mean, I mean, this lineup if they line up where where like. LeMahieu, Stanton, Judge, Urshela, Void, Torres, Hicks, Sanchez, and Frazier. There's power in every single bat in their entire lineup. 
And I just don't trust Rich Hill to limit enough hard contact and get enough strikeouts and pitch long enough that is, is it worth playing? I, I guess at low ownership, but uh, I mean, if you want to get different, but it's not like, the, it's not like I want to play the Yankees bats because the Yankees are expensive. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those catch 22 spots. Um, you know, damn, if you do damn, if you don't like, I don't want to play Rich Hill here. I mean, I definitely give him the respect that he's been pitching a little bit better here recently. But like you said, it's it's tough to trust the Yankees. Um, it's tough to play the Yankees in this spot. So I definitely would be paying attention to Rich Hill's ownership. If he's really low owned, maybe I take a shot on it just because the Yankees are so expensive. Um, the Yankees bats, I mean, they're in a good spot. Maybe they're cheaper on FanDuel. I know Judge was cheap. Um, he was, I think, 3300 or something like that on Wednesday. So maybe if they're cheap on FanDuel, that's where you you know play them in this spot. I mean, I, I don't mind taking one-offs, two-offs, three-offs, five-man stack, maybe not, not at these prices on DraftKings. But I mean, and literally, I don't, I, I mean, I could take any of them. I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, and all nine of these guys can hit a home run on one pitch. Obviously, Stanton and Judge are the, the most likely, but also the most expensive. So uh, it's not a team that I, I'm planning on stacking at all, but uh, leave them in my pool. If I'm playing like four, three ones on FanDuel or five, five X's on DraftKings, like they're when, when I need, when I need a solo two man stack, three man, like uh, I don't mind filling them in. I mean, anything can happen. Billy Hamilton scored 40 fantasy points on yeah, but Billy, Ham- Billy, Billy <laughs> Hamilton can hit a single and score more points than people that hit home runs. That is, that is true. Right. Like maybe Billy I, Hamilton, maybe he you, was... have to, you have to admit Billy Hamilton would be a hall of famer if he was able to start every at bat at first base without having to be in the batter's box. Andrew Vaughn scored 31 fantasy points. That's his problem, getting to first base. <laughs> but once he's on first base, if he gets on first base three times a game, that's 40 fantasy points right there easily. <laughs> All right, we move on. We have Texas at Houston. Um, Michael fulton against Christian Vaz or Javier Um, This game has a eight and a half total. In some books, it has a nine total, and Houston's a big favorite, 190 favorites. Um, any interest here in Fulton Nevich? I think he's much better than people think he is. That's the best way to put it. Doesn't mean, do I want to play him? He's 6,400. I don't mind taking a shot at that price. Do I really want to play him against the Astros? No, of course not. But but uh, if, if people are going to be afraid, people tend to attack him. But, I mean, the underlying metrics says that he's not as bad as people think he is. It's not like he's a great pitcher. But, I mean, he's not going to face, what, he's going to face Brantley, Alvarez, Kyle Tucker? He can get around their power? Or something. Brantley doesn't have that much power. Uh, I, th- I think I think he could pull off, uh, you know, 15 to 18 points for the for the price. And if the Astros are, if the Astros are going to be like the, the popular non-cores stack, like that just lowers Fulton Everage's ownership. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm high on Fulty, but at 6,400, I don't mind taking some shots in lineups where I'm like stacking cores. I mean, yeah, I don't hate the idea, and I do think that um, Fulton Everage is a lot better than he gets credit for when he's healthy. I mean, he's just facing a team that doesn't strike out. Like, that's the biggest problem. Like, I mean, they put the ball in play, they walk a lot, and they just don't strike out. And, like, that's always super tough um, on a pitcher, but he's 6,400. If you're going to try – like, if you're going to start trying to, like, stack cores, and we're going to talk about this in the next game, if you're going to start, like, trying to stack cores, you're going to need a cheap pitcher because outside of, like, Nyquen and Barnhart – you know, Cincinnati's pretty expensive. So pretty expensive. They're not expensive enough, but they're pretty expensive. Um the other side of this game, any interest here in Javier? I think he's the I think he's the best raw talent pitcher on the slate, but is he worth ten thousand? That's my concern. Is is he is he does he have a high enough ceiling? Obviously he's facing the Rangers, so like that that in and of itself 
increases the K K uh, upside. But people tend this year to like whoever the best like raw points pitcher on the slate. People slam these guys, and, and if if Javier is going to be 50 percent owned on a six game slate at ten K, like I don't get burned unless he puts up like thirty points. I don't know. I don't know how often he does that to make it worth that ownership. You tell me he's fifteen percent on for whatever reason. Okay, that's fine. But I, I just, I have a sense that Javier. Uh, I think we're probably gonna get like Javier and maybe Rogers and Plesac. Like that's, I think that's the way it's gonna go. And just Javier is just by 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 default gonna just attract so much ownership against the Rangers that I'm just not even sure. I'm not sure he could put up thirty points. I like Rogers more and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but I like Rogers more. And I think the chalk SB two is pleasing and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that people are going to go heavier Rogers and pleasing on this slate um, because of just the matchup. So I think Javier is a fantastic play. We know how much like it's not even a secret at this point. We know how much Texas strikes out. They hit home runs and they strike out. I mean, if Javier is going to be 40% owned, like I'm looking at some of these Texas bats. Like that's what I'm doing, Blender, because that's what I'm doing. We're we're both on the same side, baby. Low, low is 4K. Joey Gallo is 4K. Javier has a 45% fly ball rate and a 43% hard hit rate against lefties since the start of last season. I don't care how many guys you strike out. Willie Calhoun's 3,400. Like, Sign me up. If he's going to be chalk on this slate, I'll just play the Astros or the Rangers. Sorry. Right. And the higher owned that Javier gets, the lower owned the Rangers get, and the more relative value you get if Javier gets blown up. So, yeah, no, I'm on board. I look at these prices on DraftKings. Garcia at 3,400. Solak at 4,300. I mean, they're the righties. You could put in, I mean, do I want to pay 4,100 for Lefa? Probably not. But to fill a shortstop spot, I mean, I could I could make a stack of this team, no problem. And if he, if he, if Javier has some walk problems, I mean, we'll be going. There'll be people on base, and you know, to instead of solo shots, they turn into three run home runs. Now, this is obviously a leverage play, so it's not like high percentage. But I'm I'm completely on board with you that like if Javier is chalky, I wouldn't mind playing a Rangers five man with Fulton and then, then take like the three most expensive, like reds. Like now I can take Coors bats because now I'm different, right? Like how owned is the Rangers stack going to be? Maybe I even do a four, four or something, right? Or use the Texas as a three man. And now if the Texas comes in single digit owned and you play Fulton with them, like five, you could, you could do five man stacks of, of cores that, other people can't do because you're you have David Dahl or you have a uh, Gallo or you have, you have some of the cheaper guys and, uh, and you have enough leverage to win a GPP. You only need to work like once one, every 10 to 20 times, like, like one people, every 30 times. Yeah. Like times. people, people are like, Oh, it didn't work out. Well, you do it again next time. Right. Like, you don't need it to work out every time. And like, we're not building 150 Texas stacks. That's not what we're saying. Um, like, we're just saying we're going to get some Texas stacks because Javier is going to be expensive. And if he gets blown up in this game, I have really high leverage on the field. And like you said, you could play some cores bats. You could probably even go like Rogers. Please. You could play the two chalk pitchers if you go Texas bats. So um, Houston bats. I mean, I don't mind looking at Houston here for some home runs because we know Fulton gives up some home runs and, you know, Alvarez, big power bat, Tucker, big power bat. I mean, I don't mind it. It's just you're you're paying up. You're paying up for Houston. And do you like Houston more than the, you know, the Reds? I don't. For raw points, no. And I, and I, I, just, I just think that people are going to pick on Fulton. I think people are going to go – Okay, how do I get off of cores? I'm going to go to the Astros. I just, I just think that's what's going to happen. So I think these guys are going to come in a little bit higher ownership. Kyle Tucker is still probably too, too cheap for his power. I mean, because the beginning of the season he was awful, but at 3,500 he's heating up. Uh, 
Is it stackable five man? I, I probably won't do it, but I, I could definitely I could definitely see taking especially the lefty bats. And Alvarez is going to get fifteen to twenty percent ownership. They people look at faulty and go, "How do I take lefties?" So I think these lefties, Brantley, Alvarez, and Tucker, are going to be higher on. They they should. They, I mean, it, they should be owned, but I think higher on than than what would be efficient. Um. All right, let's move on. Let's talk cores. We have um, Gonzalez and Castillo facing off here in cores. Uh, ten and a half total, and the Reds are one thirty-five favorites. Do you have any interest here in Luis Castillo? Yes. You know how weird it is for me to say that I have interest in a Coors pitcher. I mean, I don't think it's too weird because the Rockies lineup is nowhere Rockies near. Rockies are awful. Good. Yeah, they're, they're awful. And Castillo my... this year has been awful. I was but gonna say that's my I biggest know concern. That, but... It's not Coors. <laughs> yeah, but but look look at what's what's gonna happen. Look at the dynamics. It's a six game slate. We were talking about a fourteen game slate. I just x them out. But obviously, people don't like playing pitchers in Coors Field. That's obvious. So ownership goes away just from there. We get good pitchers. With, people don't even want to play Jacob DeGrum in cores. So like, like, and, and even when he's like 10.2K or something. But Luis Castillo, there's, if, if you tell me he's 5% owned, like if you, t- if you took the larger sample size, Luis Castillo is by far the best raw talent pitcher on the slate. If you take away his first five starts of the year, if you take away what has happened <laughs> recently, uh, yes, at 6,200 on a slate where I could also stack cores and have maybe a 5% owned pitcher or something because people don't want to play him. Colorado is a, sh- a crappy team that can strike out a lot. Like, can I be surprised that he goes six innings and has eight strikeouts or something? I mean, like, it's Luis Castillo. Now, am I surprised if he came out and pitched three innings and gave up 11 runs? I'm not surprised. It's Luis Castillo. So uh, is he a core play? Not in any slight imagination of that. But at 6,200, he's the cheapest pitcher on the slate. And we were playing Luis Castillo at like 10-5 last year, right? I mean, not in cores. But we'd play him in the nine or ten thousand dollar range in, in better ballparks. Maybe, maybe he's maybe he could be back to himself again, or he'll never be back to himself. And I just burn those lineups. I mean, my my biggest concern, um, like I hear you, I hear everything that you're saying. My biggest concern is when so I did I dug deep last last start because I was like, all right, he's facing Cleveland. This doesn't look like a bad spot. And like I had played him against the Cubs because of how much they struck out. So I did a deep dive on Luis Castillo and he's struggling with changeups. And like that's his pitch. Um, so doing the research and figuring out, you know, just the command on the changeup, not missing bats, like I'm off of him right now, but I I, I hear I hear you. But if you if you want to do like a deep dive, and I know um, you're much more in game theory and you're much more in ownership and stuff like that, but just do a deep dive on like his 2019-2020 numbers on his changeup and like this season, and it's a huge difference. So maybe he got it back. Maybe he figured it out for five <laughs> days. Well, that's all I'm saying. But if people if people think like me, if Castillo ends up like 16% owned, okay, then 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 it's not as appealing. But I'm just I. He's the cheapest pitcher on the slate. He's the, I mean, it's Luis Castillo. I could take a, if I'm, if I'm building 50 lineups, I could take a shot on five and hope that he goes back and maybe gives me 24 points for that, for that price. And it's like, oh, look, everyone's like, oh, Luis Castillo is back. And his ownership was suppressed because of his recent starts and because it's cores, right? It's like, if, if, if this game was played in Cincinnati, he would actually probably get some ownership, and but no one likes playing Coors pitchers. So I'm going to do the double dip of, of disparity, of the, the, the double dip of debauchery or something. That This is not a safe play. I'm, I'm making it very clear. But uh, <laughs> but on, on, a, on FanDuel, I wouldn't touch it, right? FanDuel, you don't have to play two pitchers. But on DraftKings, 
I don't I really don't think it's as crazy as what people would think it is. And I think, Stevie, you agree with me. But if I had to bet even money, Luis Castillo probably gets shelled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I understand why you're doing it. Um, I completely understand why you're doing it. Like there should be 15 plus runs scored in this game because Chichi Gonzalez is pitching on the other side of this game and he, you're he's not playing terrible. It. He's not the cheapest pitcher. Right. I forgot. Cause he was not the cheapest. He's the cheapest pitcher that I would ever consider playing. Cause there's no way I, I Chichi Gonzalez could be 2000 and I'm not paying for him. I mean, if he was free, would you think about it? If they're like here, have yeah, he'd, he'd make spot. a couple of my life. He'd make a couple of my life. <laughs> well, because I have to do point per dollar. So I'm Okay. I'm getting it's free, but I'm getting a negative six. So like, <laughs> like what, what, like what did it really get me? I lost a spot in my roster. Yeah, I don't think I'd play him if it was free. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk bats. The Reds are the top stack on the slate. Um, don't let anybody tell you differently. Sure, ownership matters and everything matters, but Chichi Gonzalez is the worst pitcher on the slate. Um, Nick Castellanos is one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Winker's having a great season. Suarez looks like he's starting to get stuff figured out. Um, over the last couple of days, he's been hitting the ball really well. Mustakis is fantastic. Nyquin's way too cheap. Barnhart's 4,100 as a catcher that could hit like fifth or sixth. Like the Reds are just the way to go today. Right. And you didn't even mention if Senzel leads off, he's 3,700. I knew he's you were going to, so I didn't have to. What? I said I knew you were going to mention him. I didn't know. Oh, to. yeah. Well, of course. Like Senzel, Mustakis, Nyquin. I mean, come on. These guys, Castellanos is 6,000. Okay. Winker's 40, 5,100. Okay, I get it. But everyone else is too cheap. Suarez yep. probably should be 5,200 instead of 49. So he's close. But I mean, this is the same. You can make a red stack the same way you can make a Boston stack, same way you can make a Houston stack, the same way you can make a even a Diamondback stack, I guess. They're a little, oh, I guess you could go a little bit cheap there. But the Reds implied run total right now is six. The other two teams have five and four, four point six. So welcome to the chalk. So it, when, when I, when I'm playing the Reds, I just have to make sure that the rest of my lineup is contrarian, but it's not on a six game slate. I know I'm, I'm a big fan of Xing out cores, but that's like on 12 or 13 game slates on this. It's clearly uh the highest total game uh with at least one horrific pitcher and one potentially horrific pitcher uh i don't think there's any way to to get a, get around the reds that even as a one off or something but still you're in course field course field is not like the, a home run ballpark it's a ballpark of doubles and triples which leads itself more to stacking so uh, I know I play contrarian, but I think I'm more likely to play a five-man red stack and just throw in some Rangers, throw in some uh, the Mariners or something, you know, stack against, uh, you know, take a three-man stack against Plesak or something, or a Diamondbacks three-man against Trevor Rogers. Like, you could get different enough on this slate that I wouldn't, I w- yeah, the Reds could be 20-plus percent on each, and you could still be fine. I mean, I'm with you. I think the Reds are... I like the Rockies, too. Let me be clear. If Luis Castillo is still broken and he you know, doesn't have his out-slash-ground ball pitch with his changeup, that he's still throwing and it's getting hit a lot. Like, I mean, the the Rockies are cheap. Like, Blackman's 4,500. Hampson's 4,200. Tapia's 3,900. Like, I like the Rockies, too. Uh, I Like I said, I think they're... This game has the potential, and I'm not even like being sarcastic or joking, to have 15 runs in it. Um, so yeah, I like the Rockies too. Yeah, especially the look at the bottom of the order. I'm not saying that these guys are good hitters, but six, seven, and eight in their projected lineup is uh, Connor Joe, Elias Diaz, and Josh Fuentes. On DraftKings, they're 2,200 and 2,300. So don't tell me you don't have enough money to make a make a Rocky stack. Because if they're going to put up a bunch of runs, these guys on the bottom of the order are going to get their opportunities. They're going to get four or five at-bats also. So, uh, yeah, I said I'm going to play Castillo, but if I'm building 50 lineups and I'm playing five Castillo lineups, probably also playing five Rockies lineups. 
Only get the five. best of both worlds. All, all the thing, the thing that would make me the most upset is if Castillo has a mad game and the Rockies only put up four runs. And it's one of those <laughs> like neither of them get there. So I want one or the other. Yeah, it's that's the worst when that happens. That's for sure. Right, you do the hedge stacks. I do that in MMA, Stevie. Yeah, yeah, hedge that's stacks. the worst. That's the worst. You know, the, the, in MMA, it's this very. It, it, I I know we're not talking MMA. MMA is the worst when you're building 100 lineups and you're like, I want both sides. I'm going to play this fight in 80% of my lineups. So I have like 40% of one guy or 50 one guy and 30% of the other. And the fight comes on and I'm literally not rooting for either fighter. I'm just like, can someone win quickly? I really don't care. And then uh, you get that closed laptop feeling when uh, it's, uh, it's the third round. And like to- a total amount of like 62 strikes has been thrown. And you're just like, well, all these lineups are burned because no one's going to get there. So it, it seems <laughs> like I'd rather that. I'd rather just either get my Castillo lineups there, get my Rockies lineups there. But if it's somewhere in the middle, then it's just like all those lineups go out the window. Um, really quick before we move on, I did see a couple sites have Wade Miley as the pitcher. Um didn't he already pitch? He didn't just throw a no hitter. I four days rest. I thought it wouldn't be him either. That's why I did. I didn't bring it up until we got done with the game. But I just wanted to. I'm trying to pull up and see when was the last time he threw. I thought he, he only threw, threw on the twelfth. Right, the twelfth. Oh, no, he pitched today. Though. No, he pitched on the seventh. So. It, it would be really close to his. You're right. If he pitched on the if he pitched on the seven, that would be eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, he would have five days rest. You're right. Yeah. So, um, I'm just saying, you know, Wade Miley could potentially be the starter here, and Wade Miley is 5800. You could bet your ass that I would have a ton of interest in Wade Miley at 5800 in cores. I don't care. Oh, you would. I would actually go the opposite way. Uh, 5800. Just yeah, but you it's Wade do- Miley. <laughs> I mean, he's a good real life pitcher. Like, yeah, but I want because I want I want twelve strikeouts. I'm not getting that out of Wade Miley. Yeah, I mean, you could probably get five. Okay, maybe that's worth it. All right, moving on. Just wanted to point that out. We got Miami at Arizona. This game is currently sitting at an eight total. It's a pick'em game. It's Trevor Rogers against Merrill Kelly. Um, I don't understand this Vegas line, like spoiler alert. Like this is my favorite bet. I love the Miami money line in this game. Um, if it's going to stay a pick em game because Rogers is really good and Arizona lineup is not very good. So, um, I really like Trevor Rogers in this spot. I already said it. I think he's the top overall pitcher on the slate. Um, what are your thoughts here on Rogers? Uh, it depends. Uh, the shot, it's one of these slates. It's a six-game slate. The chalkier, whatever pitcher, it's going to be between Rodgers, Plezak, or Javier. I believe, yeah, or, or Javier. Like, whoever gets too much ownership, like, that's the one I want to attack. Because I, I look at this game. For me, it's a, it's right now it's an eight total. Do they expect the roof to be closed? It's going to be 98 degrees there. Like, out of all these games... Like, it's by far the hottest. And for it to only be eight runs, and Merrill Kelly's pitching on the other side. But I guess they're just saying because the Marlins and the Diamondbacks are not necessarily the greatest offensive teams. So maybe eight is high for that situation. But Rodgers can get hit hard. The problem is he also strikes out a bunch of people also. So, like, I think from from a strikeout potential, he's the highest on the slate. I think even higher than Javier. I think I think Rogers has I think Rogers has a higher ceiling against the Diamondbacks than the Javier does against the Rangers. Like this is why I don't want to pay ten thousand for Javier because I think I could get more from Rogers. But I fully I I'm fully intending when I see ownership tomorrow that if that tilts the other way, if Rogers ends up like fifty percent owned and Javier's twenty percent owned. I'm much more likely to just find the 700, go the different direction and just hope Rogers, you know, six strikeouts and still gives up three or four runs. And he just, he's sitting there with like 14 points. Uh, But is that the most probable outcome? No. So if, if everything was equal ownership, 
I would agree with you, Stevie, that Rodgers would be my top pick of the slate. I mean, how much do we think people are going to be looking into, like, sample size? Because, like, if you look at a sample size, Arizona's a top 10 team against left-handed pitching this season. And if the roof is open, do we really think people are going to play Rodgers over Javier? Like, Javier is facing Texas. I, I don't know. I think um, people will try to jam both of them in. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you can do it. Like, we just talked about three guys in the $2,000 range in course. So you could easily do it. That's for sure. Um, Merrill Kelly on the other side of this game. I don't really have a ton of interest in him. I, I again, I don't really understand this line. Um, he's not a very good pitcher. He doesn't strike people out. And I mean, the Marlins are really not horrible. They're not household names, but they're not horrible. They're kind of horrible. They are. I mean, are against good horrible. pitching, they can be horrible, but yeah, but it depends on who's in their lineup. Like, uh, like they rotate guys, and I never, I never understand who plays what when. They're all healthy. Like sometimes Dickerson's not in, and Cooper's in. Then sometimes Birdie is in. But for some odd reason, no matter how they cycle around, Lewis Brinson somehow gets playing time. So outside of Lewis Brinson, Sandy Leon is their catcher. So I mean, don't tell me that they're a very good team. But. Uh, if it's if the roof is going to be open and it's going to be ninety eight degrees, Merrill Kelly's not a strikeout pitcher, so I still think that Miami could put bats to the balls, and uh, but I don't think they're going to be the. I don't really think they're going to be like minusculely owned. I think people will view it the same way. I think models will show if the roof is open, they'll get some boosts. They'll get some boosts compared to Kelly. So it's like I'm not gung ho on a Marlin stack when you know some of these guys are in the mid four Ks. But uh, they are options. Yeah. Um, I'd never said they were good, by the way. I just said they're better than people give them credit for. Um, that doesn't necessarily have to mean that they're good. But, I mean, it's nice to see Jesus Aguilar's price come back down under 5K. Um, how ridiculous was that, right? Yeah, we hit another um, home run tonight. He's, I mean, he's not a bad hitter, that's for sure. Um, as far as the Marlins bats go, he'd be my favorite Dickerson and Duvall. I think like, if you want to do like a three man stack with those guys, um, that's kind of what you'd be looking at. That's the two, three, four of the lineup. Like you said, they kind of mix this lineup up. The bottom of the lineup's usually really terrible. The top of the lineup's kind of very iffy, but Agler Dickerson Duvall, they have a ton of upside. And those would be the three guys that I would target, especially if the roof is open in this game. Yeah, on the Diamondback side, the problem that I have with the Diamondbacks, because the thing would be, if Rodgers gets overowned, I want to take some Diamondbacks. The problem is, is that a lot of their, their good hitters are lefties, right? Pavin Smith, David Peralta, uh, Josh Rojas. Obviously, you have uh, Cabrera and Escobar who are switch hitters, but like it makes it very weird for me to stack because like Rodgers against lefties, I, I, I'd, I'd rather not. At the, I mean, do I want to pay 4800 for David Peralta against the lefty? No, probably not. So I could see if Rodgers gets too owned for me to play Atlanta, uh, Arizona one-offs, three-mans, two-mans, but the full-on stack, just I, I, I kind of want to – I don't want to pay the prices for the lefties. I mean, it's as simple as just looking at this lineup. If they're going to roll out five, six lefties, um, thank you. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know if you're looking at just 2021 numbers, the Arizona lefties have been really good against left-handed pitching. Like, but they're well, sampled. It's a small, come on. I know it's, it's like 20, at, it's 20 at bats. So that's what I'm saying. I, I hope people look at this. I really do because 600 Babbitt, 500 Babbitt, 500 Babbitt, like that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> like that's unsustainable. That's not if the numbers are there. Um, just like a short view. Yeah, but their wobbles are good. <laughs> that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> oh, Max Muncie, you are a awesome human being. Cleveland at Seattle is where we finish it out. We got Plezik against uh Gilbert. This game has a seven and a half total, and Cleveland. Is a 126 favorites. Um, we'll start with Plezik. I've already kind of said it a couple times. I do think that he's going to be the chalky SP2. 
his early season woes kind of seem like they're starting to even out and like this is a great matchup for him to go out and dominate a game. Yeah, at 8300 I like I view him as the safest pitcher on the slate. And of course I'm going to say that and he's going to get hit for for eight runs. Uh cuz he's not really a strikeout pitcher, but he's but he's not a bad pitcher. Seattle strikes out a bunch. I'm not saying Pleasek is going to go out and strike out eight, but Pleasek has a good shot on in this game to pitch seven innings, give up five hits, give up two runs, strike out five, give you a nice 16 points or something with the win maybe. And like, I feel com- it, it's like, it's a, it's a pitcher I feel comfortable with. Like, I don't feel like he's going to get blown up. I feel like I could, I could get 15 points out of him, but that's also going to make him popular. But is he going to be popular enough where I really do I want to play Mariners against him? Maybe not. Uh, but yeah, if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play contrarian stacks, I'm probably gonna just play two chalk pitchers, which includes Plezak. But to me, it's almost like I'd rather play Plezak as my core pitcher than Javier or Rogers or Luis Castillo, right? If he's in. Uh and of course I'm gonna say that and the Mariners are gonna but you know how many times the Mariners out of the blue, come out and, and hit 11 runs off some chalk pitcher. I mean, it could happen. But uh, Logan Gilbert, on the other hand, do we have a pitch count for him? Is I mean, is this going to just be a bullpen game? No, I he's one of my favorite plays on the slate. And oh, this okay. is the reason. Oh, okay. you have to this tell is me the reason that him. I don't. This is the reason I don't like Luis Castillo. You know, when we were talking about like cheap pitchers, like this is a legit prospect. Um, this guy has some good stuff and. He threw he threw five innings in his last AAA start, so maybe eighty pitches is probably ceiling um, if he's pitching well. At four K, that's fine. Eighty pitches at four K, um, we definitely can do that. But this guy has big time strikeout stuff. Um, very high prospect. I think he's top thirty in baseball overall, and like top five in Seattle. And Seattle has one of the best prospect systems in baseball. But electric fastball, good command, good curveball. He's he's a guy that like this is a guy that can put up some points at 4K and it's a six game slate and we've talked about it many many times. We get a 4K pitcher at, 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 on a six game slate. You could bet your ass I'm going to take some shots on him. But you have to admit, if people play Gilbert, it's very correlated with the red stack. Yeah, but the, okay, so I'll play I'll play Gilbert and Boston. Or okay, Oakland. Okay, Oakland? Now, now you're fine. Okay, I approve. I approve this message. My, but my concern with Gilbert is just the pitch count. I mean, whenever I see a 4K pitcher making, you know, I, yeah. when I look at it and go, is this a creative player? I have to look him up. Uh, is this a bullpen game? Just understand with like the young pitchers that if he gets into trouble in like the third or fourth inning, he's more likely to be pulled than like they'll pitch through it. But at 4K, what do I need for 4K? Do I need 30 points? No, I don't. So, but I can understand that. But ima- imagine, Stevie, I could play Luis Castillo at 6,200, Logan Gilbert at 4,000, and then pay like 5,000 for like every, 5,500 for like every bat in my lineup. And hopefully all my bats hit a home run. And if they don't, I'm dead. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you want to pay, you want to do that, but no one's going to be doing that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I probably have to leave money on the table. I mean, how do you? How, I mean, you have thirty nine eight for bats, eight bats at thirty nine. Yeah, I mean, you, you're spending nearly five thousand per bat, and you could just go nuts. But I want to see what the, this pit, this pitch count. We may get something in the in the morning. So I like watch out for the news. Uh, listen to Crunch Time. Listen to Grinders Live because uh, we may get some beat reporter. Some we'll get some. You know, oh, it max out at. He's expected to pitch 65 to 70. Well, that's a little bit different than 80, right? Or they may come out and just say he's only going to pitch three innings. And they just say, you know, like maybe 60. Even at 4K, 60 pitches goes three innings and has five strikeouts. I mean, it's, and you're able to jam in all the bats you want. It still may be fine. But I think it's more, it's more conducive to, to watching out for the news and, uh, and seeing if, if, we have more of a sense of what the pitch count, but I agree with you. His pitch count ain't going to be a hundred. I mean, he's not just going to come out and get the, get a long leash, even if he's doing well 
they're going to cap him at like 80, 85 at most five innings, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, again, like I just kind of want to see, um, if we do get that news or not, um, we might not get the news. Like you might be taking a shot, but I mean, I, I'm bullish on the guy. I guess I should have started with that. Like he is a local kid. Um, so I watched him local pitch in college. Who? Locally, you? Yeah. So he pitched at uh, Stetson, which I live in Deland. So um, I watched this guy pitch in college. So he's a Florida boy. Oh. Got to. But you know, when you see good pitchers in college, like Jacob Degrom played for Stetson too. So got to watch him play. Played against him too. So. Um. Yeah, anyway, moving on, Bats, Cleveland. If Gilbert is going to get some ownership, we definitely got to be looking at a Cleveland stack uh, because they are very, very cheap. Yeah, if Rosario's in the lineup, uh, Eddie Rosario, he's 3,300. You got the other Rosario, he's 3,400. I mean, obviously, Jose Ramirez is sitting there right in the middle at 5,300. It's hard not to stack the Indians without Jose Ramirez. Uh, but no, I mean, depending on Gilbert's ownership, it. It, it, this is a high-variant situation. He can come out and, and throw and be great, right? We saw that with McClanahan, right? That that kid came out like, who's this guy? I'm going to stack against the young kid. And he came out and dominated for like four innings. Uh, it could happen here. Or he could get completely crushed. So, like, I don't, I don't mind doing the same thing that I said with Castillo. Play five Indians lineups, play five Gilbert lineups. Hopefully one or the other gets there and uh, and going away from whatever the ownership is going to be. Because maybe Gilbert comes in at 8% though. Maybe people are just like, I'm not going to play. Maybe his pitch counts, uh, people are like, ah, he's only going to pitch 60 pitches. We don't know. And then take a shot on him. But, you know, if he ends up being, you know, 28% on SB2 as like a rookie, like give me some Indians. All right. Um, on the other side, I mean, there's an argument to be made for playing some Seattle bats in this game because we do expect Plezik to have pretty solid ownership in this game. And I mean, there's always an argument on a six game slate and we've made it a couple times here today in general. Just, um, I mean, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Seattle? It's leverage. That's the yeah. higher on please that gets the more likely I play uh, the Mariners, but I mean, they're reasonably priced Crawford, Hanniger, Lewis, Seeger. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind it, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going out of my way, but if I was playing like Rogers Javier lineups, we'll stack against please Zach. If he's going to be like, we get like three chalk pitchers and you're on DK. Like I don't mind playing bats of whatever pitcher that I don't have. Is like those are the bats, and not even as a five man, just as a two or three man or something. So, so I'm not against it, but like this is not necessarily a game, a game offensively. I'm looking to target as much. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then um, we'll get out of here. I have my lights off, so I can't read my sheet. I'm getting old. Under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Uh, who do you got? Under eight K. Uh, it, I'll, I'll, I'll have to go towards Luis Castillo in cores, Luis Castillo, but it, but it doesn't change to Wade Miley. If he's in Wade, if, if, if Luis Castillo is not in, I'll, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to faulty. I'm going Gilbert making his major league debut. Bring it home, Florida kid over eight K to score under 15. Who's your bus today? Oh, this is easy. Garrett Richards. Yep. That is obviously the easy one. Um, I'm going to go Javier over 4k to hit a home run. Can't be Not a guy in cores. cores. Yep. Not in cores. I always have to remember that over 4k to hit a home run. Ah, uh, Merrill Kelly. No, do I want to attack him? It can't be cores against Tyon. Uh, I'll go. Give me Matt Olson. I'm going to go Aaron Judge um, against Rich Hill. Over or under 4K to get two hits. Not in cores. Not in cores. Not in cores. Two hits. Two hits. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to hedge against uh, the kid in Seattle. Give me Jose Ramirez. Oh, it has to be under 4K. 
What am I doing? Yeah, what are you doing? I have no idea. I never remember the rules. I don't remember the rules to this game. This guy, rookie, rookie co-host. Right. Bear with I, us, I, I guys. Never, rookie remember. co-host. Okay, so <laughs> under, under 4K. Yep. At 4K? Can I do at 4K? Sure. Okay, so give me give me uh, Nate Lowe against Hopper. All right. I'm going to take Willie Calhoun. Let's go. Let's go Rangers. <laughs> uh, stack to score six or more runs. Campion cores again. <laughs> Makes it so much harder, right? Like, is any other team going to put up six or more runs? Of course. I'm not even sure. I know who you're, you're going to say the Marlins, right? That's your, like, I mean, I wasn't going to say the Marlins. Oh, you weren't going to say the Marlins? No. I think you're all on the why is the line so like so off. No, that's going to be my bet. Oh, um, if you okay. want to get to the next question, that's fine. Oh, but... oh no, I'll just take the A's. That is who I was going to take. Okay, you take the Marlins. Now I'm going to take the Marlins. No, okay. you know what? I'm going to continue with my my heavier hedge, and I'm going to say Texas scores six or more runs. Okay. Might need some home runs or or six. Um, is there any bets? I know you'll come up with a line. I already said I really like the Marlins money line. It's a pick 'em game right now. I think that game is super solid. Um, before we get down your rabbit hole and your craziness um, <laughs> of having some fun here, my super draft play of the day today. Um, it's going to course. I'm going Tyler Nyquin. He's 1.35x multiplier over there. The multiplier is super interesting. Um, and Winker is 1.25. Really like both of those guys. Um, love the multipliers that you get on those guys. So those are my two guys. My super draft play of the days. Um, and if you want me to throw a pitcher out there, Trevor Rogers is 1.9x. Um, so there you go. Um, give me give me your crazy line today. What do we got? What am what am I what am I betting over under on today? Okay, so okay, it, it's which do you think will be, uh, which 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 do you think will be higher, uh, the amount of runs the Rockies put up, or the amount of strikeouts that Castillo has? Oh, the runs by the Rockies. Okay, because it could be both. He, I mean, he could strike out six, and the Rockies could put up six also. I mean, like he's that type of pitcher that he like for DFS purposes, he's dead because he ends up with like a four point score, but he could still have like eight strikeouts and give up seven runs. He's not striking out eight. If he's given up that many runs though, because it's changed. Right, he's not going to still be in the game, right? He won't be in the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. Make sure you guys are checking out the pregame show. If you're looking for early content, um, we'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.